0: Architects, like artists, have specific distinct styles. The open floor plans and low-pitched roofs of Frank Lloyd Wright's designs are iconic, and his masterful work clearly influenced countless others in the field. No matter what the style, though, architects all over the world all share the same characteristic—a clear vision. And John had a vision, too. Many of them, in fact. Born in Anderson County, Tennessee, John lived a fairly standard life— He got married relatively young to a woman named Julia Ann, and together they had four beautiful children. Unfortunately, their daughter Ethel became sick with diphtheria when she was only two years old and tragically passed away. Julia Ann blamed her husband for Ethel's death, as he had disciplined her with a spanking a short time earlier, something that she believed caused her illness. So she took her three remaining children and headed to Arkansas, where she started a new life without him. John, though, had trouble moving on. he just lost his entire family and was in search of new direction in his life. He soon found it in city planning. Standing before a large committee of neighbors, he once gave a speech about how he planned to see his town of Bear Creek Valley change. Homes and fields would be replaced with giant factories and tall buildings, he said. Their purpose? To build a weapon that would help the Allies win World War II. The main railroad line would split off into other routes through the town, A new city would be built unlike anything they had ever seen before, where the nearby town of Black Oak Ridge currently sat. And that city was built. In secret, too. The U.S. Army bought up almost 60,000 acres of land in East Tennessee near the Clinch River. The rest of the county had no idea, of course. Even the locals in nearby towns didn't know why all that land had been purchased. The Army called their new city Clinton Engineer Works, but it would eventually adopt the name Oak Ridge. They built reactors and facilities that processed the uranium used in the first atomic bomb. But John didn't design any of the buildings in Oak Ridge. He wasn't an architect. His vision for the future of his town didn't come from years of education or experience. It came from a more unusual source. You see, after the death of his young daughter and after his wife and children left him, John found religion and a gift. This gift, though, didn't make him too popular among his friends and neighbors. One example came early on in his born-again life. After his friends had him committed to an institution against his will, he escaped and swore that God would burn the place down within 30 days. A month later, lightning struck the facility, and it went up in flames. He also claimed to have heard a voice that promised to reveal the future of Bear Creek Valley. All he had to do was camp out in the woods for 40 days and nights. After doing so, John saw exactly what would happen to the town during the war. A speech he gave that day wasn't to a board of trustees or elected officials, though. He told it to a bunch of people gathered in the town's general store. Sadly, John never got to witness his dream realized. He eventually remarried and had another child, a son. But John himself succumbed to tuberculosis at the young age of just 49. Some believed that he came down with the disease after his month-and-a-half stay in the woods. Whatever actually caused it, there was no doubt that John was someone special. So special, in fact, that he's still buried at Oak Ridge, and the town even named a half-mile nature trail in his honor. John Hendricks saw what would happen long before it actually did, earning him the nickname the Prophet of Oak Ridge. Perhaps even more amazing, though, was when he'd had his prophetic vision. John Hendricks, you see— was born in 1865, and died in 1915, almost three decades before the city of his dreams would be built. A prophet, indeed. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Here's to the people who thrive under pressure to the student cramming all night for their exam because they waited until the last minute to study, to the diver swimming in shark-infested waters for the ultimate thrill, and to the Chinese sailor who defied the odds and survived in one of the harshest environments in the world. Poon Lim was born in China in 1918. Early on, he gained his sea legs working as a second steward on the British merchant ship the SS Benlamond. The ship had left South Africa in November of 1942— and was on its way to South America when trouble began. The armed ship was sailing on its own across the Atlantic Ocean, rather than among a fleet of other friendly ships. An easy target, it was struck by a German U-boat on November 23rd, which had fired two torpedoes into the Ben Lemon’s hull, sinking it instantly. Poon Lim grabbed a life jacket and abandoned the ship as it went down. It took about two minutes for the vessel to slip beneath the waves. And as it turned out, Poon Lim was one of only a handful of survivors. He bobbed in the water for over two hours, before locating a floating wooden raft, and quickly climbed on board. Of the 54 crew members, he would eventually become the only survivor. The raft was small, but had been loaded with supplies, including 11 gallons of water, tins of biscuits, chocolate, a bag of sugar cubes, a flashlight, flares, and two smoke pots, Knowing a good thing when he saw it, Poon Lim secured himself to the raft with a rope around his wrist in the event that he fell overboard. He apparently wasn't that talented of a swimmer. He rationed his biscuits and water for as long as he could, but after several days it was all gone, and he needed to find another way to keep his body nourished. So he rigged the canvas from one of the unused life jackets into a roof, which he then fastened above his head to catch rainwater for him to drink. By twisting one of the wires from the flashlight to the end of a hemp rope, he was able to fashion himself a working fishing line. When he wanted to catch larger fish, he would use a nail from one of the boards in the raft instead of the wire as a hook. Unfortunately, for all of Poonlim's success in surviving on his own, fate would throw yet another test at him. One night, a massive storm swept over his raft. The fish that he had caught were ruined, and his supply of water was contaminated with seawater. Running out of time and options, he caught a bird and cut it open with a knife that he'd made out of one of the biscuit tins. Without a way to cook it, he opted to drink its blood to survive. But the blood from the dead bird started to attract other things, like sharks. Being an optimistic man, he assumed a shark might make a sizable meal, so he braided the hemp rope to increase its strength and then tied the bird carcass to the end before throwing it into the water. A hungry shark took the bait. With his hands wrapped in canvas he reeled it in and hauled it on board after whacking it a few times with a jug of seawater to subdue it he sliced it open the blood in its liver provided a good bit of sustenance and then he cut off the shark's fins and set them out to dry in the sun for a snack later the ocean current eventually carried his raft toward land which he recognized a few days earlier by the change in water color. as his raft floated down a river inlet Three fishermen spotted him and helped him ashore. Surprisingly, he had completed the journey that his ship never could. The land he stood on was, in fact, South America. It had been a frustrating journey, though. During his voyage, Poon Lim had been passed by several large vessels, but none of them stopped to pick him up. They believed that his raft was a trap set by German submarines, which had been known to leave a survivor out in the open to be found by an allied ship. When that ship stopped to help, the U-boat would sink it. Poon Lim was quickly taken to a hospital where he spent one month in recovery. He had lost 20 pounds from the ordeal. When he returned to Britain, King George VI awarded him a British Empire Medal. His story of survival was also recorded by the Royal Navy as part of a survival guide for sailors. But perhaps the greatest achievement of all was the world record that he had set. And to this day, it remains unbroken. Poon Lim had survived alone in the South Atlantic for 133 days. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works.